Hello. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Uh, how are you today? I'm really well. I just thought I'd pop in and see what you had in store. Oh, thank you. Was there anything that sort of brought you in here? Nothing in particular. I'm one of these people who just likes to... I, I love yarn and I like knitting, so I just decided to come in and see what you've got going on today. Oh, thank you. Do you like the way the shop looks? Yeah, I really like how you've got all the different colours. So colourful. And I, what I really like is the different chunky bits of wool that you've got coming as well. I might actually go over and have a squeeze. I can't help myself. <laughs> Oh, is that what's caught your eye today? The lovely chunky display here? Yes. Loving the chunky wool and the fact that you've got lots of different textures as well on the other side. So I like how you've got it in different sections. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I've, th I've really thought about that. Oh, how about this pom-pom wool here? Has that caught your eye as well? Yes. I'm, I like pom-poms of all kinds. <laughs> So I like the fact that you've got the different pom-poms and you've got them in different colours as well. I think they're really cool and they feel so soft and squidgy, almost bouncy. Oh, is there like a particular one that's sort of jumping out at you? The bright pink and yellow. I think that looks really cool. The type of wool that is, the type of, it's merino, right? Yep, that's a uh, merino. Nice. Do you, are you able to get that coming quite a lot or? Yes. Um, I mean, we do stock all kinds of different yarns as well, but we do love a good, a nice, good ethical merino is, uh, yeah, that's yeah. our bread and butter here. Good. I prefer merino because it's actually a really nice type of wool to work with. The benefits of merino wool in particular, well, natural wool anyway, but certainly merino. Most wool has good benefits, but I like the fact that it's really soft and against your skin, so it doesn't itch you or anything like that, which is perfect for me. Oh, that, yeah, I can completely understand that because... Don't get me wrong, I love a blue face Lester, but I do not like blue face Lester on my skin. It's quite amazing how you can look at something and assume it will feel a certain way on you and it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Or you might, you know, there's many different types of wool I've tried to work with and, and then I've made it and it looks really nice. You get good stitch definition and then you put it on and you're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> quite what I imagined <laughs> yeah I've got a, I've got a few I've got a jumper like that it's a beautiful sort of tweedy yarn and it's really it's really really lovely to make matters sort of a bit more tense it's mm. the same as the yarn I used to make my husband's bow tie for his wedding oh, well, for, nice. our, for our wedding day <laughs> <laughs> but and so, but because like you only need a tiny amount of wool to make a bow tie, I kind of used all the wool and made myself like a little jumper. Wow. But oh my days, this thing is itchy AF. It's, it's annoying, isn't it? It's so annoying because again, you like how the stitch definition looks, but then it just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I must admit, even like if you're, even mohair, you've got to be so careful with in terms of not overstretching. Mm. Then also with mohair, for me, I find if I'm going through a phase where I'm where I'm getting eczema, I can't really wear it. Oh, really? Didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like I don't get much eczema, but I just I get them. I get it just on the inside of my elbows. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I used to get. Sometimes I still get it. I used to as a kid actually, um, and I think again that was attributed to a lot of things but mainly the different fabrics I would be wearing as a kid depends on what I'm wearing whether I get that eczema feeling on my neck sometimes as well so turtlenecks aren't for you well I wear them I, I've got to wear them but they've got to be of certain so it's got to be merino or it's got to be cotton or something like that I can't wear it if it's something else yeah 
because I do like turtlenecks a lot. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, especially when it's cold and you're like, turtleneck and a scarf and it's just like... Perfect. Just mm. just it. <laughs> so yeah, no, I like a good, I like a good roll neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Have you knitted using cashmere? I haven't, no. It's something I want to do though. I do want to try cashmere. It's has a very similar feel to like alpaca which i've used a lot so i do want to, to try some cashmere it's, obviously it's quite expensive but you know what they say you get what you pay for <laughs> yeah I, I suppose i mean that that funny enough is something that's come up a couple times on this podcast sort of like the cost of yarn and um, the whole dream scenario of using cashmere and it i have to admit i did for the first time ever because with lockdown and everything i've not been spending money on like commuting and stuff yes yeah so i have treated myself to a skein of cashmere silk yarn nice where did you get it from or where is uh, it originated from king fiber oh okay okay what are you going to make with it well it's sort of a bit of a pivot since before lockdown since last year i've had this jumper on the go right and it i didn't have quite enough to make like a full jumper so i thought well i'll just mix i'll mix medium and use a different yarn for the sleeves and i thought that'd be a nice contrast and the yarn i was going to use has mohair in it but because I'm all eczema I've got like a patch of eczema on my arm I was like I don't really want to wear something because the way I've designed it is designed to not need like a layer underneath ah I see yeah you know like one of those light autumn jumpers yeah. or yeah. Sort of autumn heading into winter where you can just put on a jumper you might yeah. have a little vest top on but but because of that it kind of like it doesn't look great if there's something on underneath now ah uh, right I see what you're saying yeah so I really needed something that I could actually have again my skin yeah okay so that's why you went for the the cashmere yeah nice and we shall see is there anything anything that's catching your eye is there do you have any plans of what to make for it um well i do i make lots of accessories that's my thing i do i have made one or two like tops and stuff but i'm not i'm not brilliant at it because i'm not someone who does patterns much i'm not well at all i kind of see something yeah i could do that I'll, i'll figure it out i use a bit of the instruction on the back in terms of you know how many stitches per whatever and then I think no that doesn't seem right so I'll, I'll have a go at making stuff and then when it's not what I intended it to be I change it into something else and that's how I find I get some really cool stuff actually so that's what I do so I'm actually just literally I just come in and look at colours and, and walls that I like and then decide what I might make with it I don't really have a fixed thing in my head but I do generally make lots of accessories gloves headbands scarves snoods that kind of stuff so I've just come to see what you've got I like the uh, I like the chunky stuff I mean is there any reason why you prefer chunky I I think it was the first thing that I started when I started knitting again because I used to knit when I was young my grandmother taught me and then I stopped and you know you grow up and you think why would I do knit (laughs) I'm this young person who should be doing really cool things and then I started doing it again at uni when I realized no this actually helps me manage my stress Mm -hmm. so um I did it then and then I stopped obviously and then I've started again started with chunky wool because it was just I wanted quick stuff I just wanted to make something really quickly I just liked how it felt and I just I, I literally and the thing with me is as well I'm someone who I see something I like it's always the most expensive So I think, no, I'm only practicing. I should really get something cheap, but no, I don't like it. I've just, it's just stuck with me. And I just like the way the stitches are defined. It looks so different if you're using Mm. something that's chunky compared to, you know, just something on a four millimeter needle or something compared to a 12 or 15. I just think it looks awesome. So, yeah, I mean, just on that point about, oh, I'm only practicing, I should get some. I completely think that, and this this is sort of, this could be controversial, but I always Mm -hmm. think that if you're going to make something, always get the nicest yarn you can 
afford. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you're going to be spending some time with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially with me, I'm quite a slow knitter. I've always been a very slow knitter and then I've got a wrist problem as well. So I'm even, an even slower knitter now. So because oh, there's wow. like, I, there's breaks now between the whole like, oh no, my wrist has flared up. I'm going to have to stop knitting for a bit. Yeah, I generally will always try and get the nicest yarn I can just because I could literally, it could be months, Kareen. <laughs> Could be oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow. So to make but that's to make like a, a garment or something, like a jumper or something. Yeah. Like yeah. A, yeah. Do you do socks? I do do socks. Yeah, I can I, I do you know what? I don't know how chunky socks would work, but I probably could do them. But it just looks so complex. The heel and the toe and you know, I I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Oh no, socks are lovely. Because the thing is about the shape, like the heel and the toe, yeah. it's like what it is, it's kind of going for a dynamic run. Right. So you sort of start off like in a dynamic run, you might start off doing like press ups, girthies, sit ups, and you're like, oh, oh my God. And then you just go for like a little jog and then you have to stop. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to do another set of press ups and like girth. Then you go for like another nice little jog. And that's exactly what it's like without the strenuous activity making a sock. You've got like the toe. <laughs> It's like, oh, I need to do all my thinking now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what puts me off. I can't watch TV while I'm making a sock. Well, certainly if I'm at the burpees bit. <laughs> yeah, but then you've got like a good few inches or foot length of like just knitting. And then when you're getting bored of like the plain knitting, then you've got like another, you've got the heel to do then. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm yeah. going to do the heel. But then the thing I like best about it is that neither the heel nor the toe go on long enough for you to get really like oh no I'm in a situation oh you know like if you're doing lace work for example and you're doing something really complicated and you're just like you start off or like yeah totally do this and then you get like 20 stitches in or 20 rows in and you're just like I don't know (laughs) yeah I need to turn back (laughs) yeah (laughs) I want to get off (laughs) (laughs) exactly like errors have been made And you see, this is the thing, because sometimes I do that, if not with socks, obviously, because I'm not that brave yet, but where I've tried to attempt to make something and it's just, I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm bored now. I just, I don't want to do this anymore. So I make it into something else. I can send you a sock pattern that I've written. Oh, I've, okay. Yeah, I've not published it yet. It's one of those projects I've got on the back burner. Oh, wow. That, um, yeah. Well, it's not really on the back burner. It's just I've written a first draft, so it's a little bit ropey. But I can send that to you. And it's just, it's a base, really basic toe-up sock pattern because I like toe-up socks because you can try them on as you go. Ah, uh, I see, yes. And I see photos of where people are doing that. They'll take a photo of just the toe bit on their toes yeah and it's also it is a really simple way to just knit an entire sock and it's for me it's the most socky sock if that makes sense (laughs) yes that makes talking to another project about that makes complete sense (laughs) yeah because um like some people they make absolutely beautiful socks but for me i've got quite wide feet so i don't like pointy toes right i see and that's my favorite thing about the toe up sock is you can really control the toe box fair enough okay so like all my sock toes when I make them for me and for my husband actually because my husband's got quite wide toes as well right I make them quite square and boxy ah so do you how do you manage the corners though ah short rows ah I see because otherwise they'll just fill up the shoe wouldn't they (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah to start off with your toe up sock you basically you do like um a oh i forget the name of the cast on but one of those floating cast ons with a lifeline yeah so almost like a crochet type thing yeah 
yeah exactly you do a floating castle with a lifeline and then you knit your first row so knit pearl i like to knit pearl my first row because i like the security right okay i feel a bit insecure if i go straight into the short rows i'm just like hmm my toes might come out of this. <laughs> I don't trust this. Yeah. <laughs> like some people will absolutely bulk at that, but it's just how I like to live my life. Yeah, why not? And then you knit the first short row and you slip a stitch. So you know you know how to do short rows, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you just do that for however pointy you want your toe. Okay. And then you flip it over and you knit backwards, essentially. It's kind of like turning a corner. Okay, yes, yeah. So so just a question then. How are you... You're not doing this on DPN needles, are you? No, no. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the old DPNs. No, I I don't. I don't mind circular, to be fair. I've I've got better at using circular, but I I can't do this DPN thing. Yeah, they work on the circular needles. Yeah, when you're knitting backwards, you pick up all... You pick up the stitches sequentially. Right, yes, yes. So, like, the last row you did, that'll be the first stitch you pick up. And then, by the end of it, you have a little toe. Right. And that sounds really quick and easy as well. It is super quick and it's just it's just a lovely way to do it. Yeah, yeah, send that through. I might have a go at that, actually. Yeah, I will do. May I interest you in the sock yards? <laughs> yes. yes, let's have a look at those. <laughs> I mean, and that's another thing as well, because I guess, why, do you have to use a sock yarn to make a sock? I guess, is it robustness or something? Yes, most sock yarns, they'll have a quantity of wool. And funnily enough, the best person I can think of to talk about this is a lady called Michelle from the Loveliest Yarns Company. Right, okay. She's like the sock expert. Right. Yeah, she she doesn't know about socks. Like she basically, they're her favourite thing to knit and she knits like a gajillion of them all the time. (laughs) Does she? Yeah. Okay. So she's she's an amazing person to talk to about socks. Mm. Mm. and sock yarn but it's my understanding that they need to have at least something around measure of 80% wool or right. 80% cotton or 80 you know 80% of yeah. like the of the fun fabric of yeah, the fun yeah. fiber yeah and 20% of the kind of like a backbone fiber so mm-hmm. nylon is common <laughs> Yes, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that with nylon as well, because I guess that's what gives it a bit of the rigidity and helps it to keep shape. I think it's more to do with the wear because your feet are quite hard wearing. Right, of course, yeah. But I have seen if you're sort of a no plastic sort of person, yeah. you're trying to cut plastics out of your life. There are people using nettle fibers as well. Ah, okay, that's interesting. We've got some in here, the onion brand. Ah, I'll have to, I'll check those out. It is beautiful yarn because the nice thing about nettle is that it doesn't take on dyes as readily as other fibers. So there's quite a lovely, you know, that sort of mottled effect. Yes, you get. yes, yeah. No, I do know what you mean, actually. Hmm. Okay, I'll check that out. And then there's a range of yak sock yarns here. I will have a look at the yak. I don't mind having a look at the yak because I'm trying to, it's interesting you mentioned the sort of non-plastic because that's where what I'm about. I prefer to use things that are 100% natural where I can in in everything that I knit, to be fair. I do use a lot of, which is why I mentioned that I use a lot of like merino wool and things like that. But I will use recycled yarn, but recycled natural yarn. So if, if it's a recycled denim, I use a lot of recycled denim. I've made loads of things with that. I use recycled cotton or just... What I am going to dabble with, but I know it has a different texture, is sari silk. Um, 
yeah so I want to try some of that but I don't think as I say it has a different texture once it's knitted and I learned about some of this stuff just from you know following other people on Instagram and just having lots of different conversations with people but I've looked it up and it's actually mainly from India where obviously it's factories that put together the sari silk and make sari silk and a lot of it is the remnants from the production and they gather it up they deal with it in another way of processing it to kind of find it and sell it as yarn that must be beautiful it does look phenomenal i haven't bought any yet i've tried to but they sold out and that was just before lockdown had started it looks amazing so i am definitely going to be experimenting a lot this year this winter i should say with sari silk just something that's different and recycled and an offshoot of something else that's natural if that makes sense yeah i'm just sort of picturing it in my mind will it still have the sort of the the shiny yes Ah. it has a bit of a sheen but it also has the rawness of the silk as well Mm. so you've got all these different textures as well as looks so you'll see some shine you won't see some shine you'll see some like edging that looks a little bit rough I think it's quite amazing and it's something that I just want to try it and see what it looks like because I think just uh, hearing the process the story sold me (laughs) so I think yeah I need to try and support that and just see how it looks but yeah, so how long have you had the shop? Oh, well, we're just, we're fairly new, actually. We opened yeah, this year. I didn't think I'd seen you around the shop before. I've just walking past and before a few days ago and I thought, oh, I must pop in there. And so here I am. Oh, thank you very much. Just opened recently. You haven't had too many customers come through, but your business is sort of ramping up quietly. Yeah, I think now that people are getting used to, as long as you protect yourself coming out, I think people are getting used to that. You know, we need to try and live, I guess within new parameters naturally but I think we need to still try and keep moving has any of the yarn here caught your eye so yeah I have as I said I will have a wander around and I'll look at the chunky stuff I will go and have a look at the yak that you pointed out as well also other great sock patterns Mm. they're simply the simplest socks and then that's by that's by Michelle but then there's also another person in the US Happy Knits and it's Happy with two E's and she's this lovely Texan lady she's on Instagram okay I'll have a look and yeah she's got some great material as well but yeah socks I recommend it because it's just they're nice little satisfying knits so how do you feel after you've made one and you've got to make another one ah (laughs) ah See, because that's the other thing, because I do make fingerless gloves as well. I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling with that and I've made some. And do you know what? I made one because I was so excited about me. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. So I did it and I thought, right, that's one. I can't do it again. <laughs> I do the I do suffer from what is known as second sock syndrome. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I have this knitting technique where I knit two socks at the same time. Uh, and that's what I was just going to ask you. So do you have the two on the same needle you move it along so you don't obviously they're not joined <laughs> but you just do them at the same time that makes sense because so, and it's funny you should say it because that's what I was going to do for my the next time I do my gloves is just use a longer needle and put them both on there yeah exactly and it's funny because it, a lot of people seem to be quite scared of the technique of knitting two socks together but it's it's dead simple yeah you have two balls of wool yeah exactly both on your and especially if you're using circular needles because then you can kind of chuck them off on (laughs) to hang off on the cable if they're kind of taking up space yeah that's literally it i just and you just do the same row twice yeah with the different balls of yarn but just with different and, and i think that's the best way to do it because i saw a video of that i think it was on youtube actually where someone was doing that and i thought yes genius <laughs> that will prevent me from not wanting to do it you know from walking around with one glove yeah <laughs> or, t- 
or two mismatched gloves which is also something I've done <laughs> I wear mismatched socks anyway so yeah I can't judge that I do exactly the same thing <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, no, I will definitely do that when I do the gloves and I'll do that with the socks actually. <laughs> and then it's such a great technique as well because once you've got it down, you can adapt it to different things. So for example, if you're doing a jumper and then you get to the sleeves, I knit, I tend to knit the sleeves using the same technique. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense actually. Yeah. Because then also when you try on the jumper, you can kind of check that you've got the sleeves the same length. And that's interesting because when I did do the first sort of set of gloves, it was a little, even though I can the rows and such it still was a bit different and I think that's because I did it at another time a later time and I you know my tension was different it just a lot of things affected it but I think yeah. you're right you're doing it on the same at the same time because you're doing it and you do it as you say the, you do the one sock or glove and then you do the other one you're going to keep continually have the same kind of rhythm yeah mm. And uh, it's just that thing as well of you're a different person at different times of day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. I totally agree with you. Sometimes you're in the zone. Sometimes you just, oh, I just got to get it finished zone. Yeah, exactly. Or like sometimes for me, sometimes it's like if I'm knitting in the morning, I'm a bit more like chipper. Right, okay. Whereas in the evening, I can just be like sort of zoning out in front of a film, yes, listen to a yes. podcast and like just relax knitting. Yes, I understand. And that's why I tend to have 50 million things going at the same time. I have a knit for each mood. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a you're a multi yes. work in progress type of lady. Yes. And the thing is, I get them finished is because I get excited about it. But sometimes I do get whilst I'm knitting. I then, um, I know Maureen and I talked about this on our live. Once I'm knitting, I get another idea in my head. I think, yeah, I think I've got the wool for that. <laughs> so I literally drop Mike and go upstairs, dig out the, the wool. You know, there's balls of wool flying everywhere while I'm trying to find this particular colour. And I think, yes. And then I just start. I just start. I sit on the floor and I do it. That is so lovely and free, though. That is what I do. Honestly, I've got bits of knitting. My husband told me I've got bits of knitting in different little boxes and containers of stuff that I've started saying, oh, yeah, I forgot I was doing that. And then I I get excited again about going back to that one. And then I look at something else and think, yeah, no, I need to finish that, though. So I'll put that. Honestly, I just literally just drop the needles (laughs) and go and start something else. Are you much of a swatcher then? No, I never swatch. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I just keep, I just have the idea and I think, I'll tell you what I, I spend a little time doing. And, I, and when I mean a little time, as in maybe, I don't know, five, ten minutes, what needles should I use? Because sometimes I, I well, no, correction, I always use the needle size recommended on the wall generally but when I want to do something that combines different walls or I'm using I want to make something and I've got say four balls of a four millimeter yarn of cotton say and actually I want to give it a much more chunky feel so I'm going to actually knit all four together I then just decide what needle size so I might think I'll use a nine or an eight or something like that that will take me five minutes and then I just get on with it (laughs) I just cast and I knit it and then I think literally for maybe a couple of minutes what pattern and I try that pattern and if that doesn't look right to be fair I have been known to stop and think no actually that doesn't look right not when I'm like halfway through but you know the first five rows or something and then I'll take that out but I'll stick with the basis of what I've got and then I'll just change the pattern I must admit I get it I understand why actually you should especially if you're making clothes I guess Hmm. but I just no I can't I just want to get it done I just want to get in it I'm in I'm I'm here for the 
the making, the feeling, the touching, the finished article, the, the producing something as opposed to the accuracy and making sure I get it right. Oh my God, I'm such a swatcher. Really? Yeah. Oh, which is, and you know what? It's funny because given that we have similar professions, it's funny that when I say that to myself, <laughs> that I don't swatch. But with everything else that I do for my job, I make sure I test it. <laughs> Which is the joke of this whole thing. I just, I don't know if it's to do necessarily with my job, but I just, like, for years, when I was younger, when I was, like, 15-ish, I didn't really yeah. swatch. But right. then when I sort of hit my mid-twenties, mm. yeah, about my mid-twenties, that's when I became, like, no, actually earlier than that, in my early twenties even, that's when I became, like, a swatcher and I just I love it I absolutely love it I love doing but what do you do with the swatches then well in my mind in my dreams in <laughs> in in a life where I'm not so busy all the time I would and I've got like books and stuff I would like all put it in like a little book or a folder with like okay. a little note or like a little card which yeah. sort of explains the yarn batch what it was like when it I washed it, the detergent used. Well, okay, okay. So you basically use it as a, a sample in in what it is. That's what a swatch is, and but you would want to detail it yeah. in terms of its behavior and everything else and the composition, etc. Okay. That's the dream. That's the dream to like have the time <laughs> okay, to so, like, properly catalog it. So have you done that with any of them yet? Nope. <laughs> 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 and this is the thing. Because I always ask people, what do you do with your sort? Okay, I get why you made it. Now what? <laughs> well, I do. I keep them. I do keep them all, to be fair. Or I try to keep them all. And they just basically get chucked in a bag. And <laughs> okay. like, I'm, I'm quite lucky in that I've got quite a good memory. So I'll, I'll remember stuff like what it was what it was made from yeah. its composition yeah. stuff like that i won't generally remember the batch numbers no so that's, i'm the same yeah yeah that's why i want like the little note cards so i can remember the batch number as well but like i remember all the sorts of the composition of it yeah. and stuff yeah i'm the same so i can remember like if i how much the cast on is and all this kind of stuff if i'm making something and i want to repeat it i do remember stuff like that but i do make, make a note myself but i don't i like i said i totally understand the the concept and the mechanics behind doing the swatch i'm just one of these people who and it's not even an impatient thing or maybe it is i don't know i just see something in my head and i just want to do it see i'm I love the reason why I like doing a little swatch as well is it's kind of like a little preview of what the thing's going to look like. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. Like, especially if I'm doing colour work or something, I like to do a little test run of the colour work. And then it kind of gets you back into doing colour work as well and the yeah. whole holding it and just figuring out how yarn is going to cling together as well I mean I, I suppose and as you mentioned colours I do a lot with colour I love using colour I do some neutrals as well and I do do some plain but generally it's a, a pop of colour of some sort and even with that when I combine colours I tend not to even put too much science behind that I just kind of sometimes I literally sometimes chuck the yarn on the floor and then see what happens yeah <laughs> Or I wear as many colours or I will just spend a little bit of time just pairing them a little to say, well, do I prefer that? Not And it's not even a case of whether I think they match. It's whether I think they look good. And then I just go with it. That's and absolutely I fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some people use like colour wheels, <laughs> which are, I, I understand they do have a place actually. And they're, I mean, I've referred to a wheel a couple of times, but more to get an understanding about contrast as opposed to picking colours to match. 
I tend to go by nature. I absorb so much from my environment, from like walking around and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, so that's sort of my choices are generally based. It's quite subconscious, really. No, I'd agree. I'm exactly the same. I mean, I made a cotton snood, pink and red, based purely on the bottle of bleach that was in my <laughs> bathroom. I'm sat there thinking of England and I looked around my bathroom. I thought, oh, that's an interesting combination. <laughs> like you, I get it from whatever my surroundings are. I, I, I take in what's around me a lot. So, I mean, I'm quite lucky, I guess, in that I've always grown up some, I've grown up somewhere like quite green and leafy and then I live somewhere quite green and leafy. Yeah, so there's the yeah. river nearby, there's birds, there's like <laughs> mm. leaves. And then I, I absolutely love the coast as well. Mm, yes yeah yeah so yeah and I tend to whenever we travel we'll kind of go we'll try and go somewhere that has like a bit of coast but not just your bog standard oh here's a lovely beach sort of you know when you get like the interesting beaches yes that's got something about it and not even that that's got a bit of a you want to do you walk a lot yeah yeah so when you walk it you want to you just want to know what's around that corner or how far what's just around there let's just keep going and see what's around there yeah exactly yeah. i'm just thinking because like one of the most interesting coastal walks we ever did and i don't know if you could technically call it coastal but it's just it was in vietnam and it was in Heilong mm. bay no nice. but the thing is we sign up for it and literally the people were like oh yeah no it's just a little walk and we we're like oh okay it's just a little walk cool oh my god it was not just a little walk it was a... <laughs> i didn't think it was gonna be yeah you walked for miles <laughs> i know it well it wasn't the longest walk ever it was on the it was in the national park on Katba. Okay. So it's I guess you could say it was jungle. Oh wow, blimey! And I was like, oh, casual walk through the jungle, and they just had it be a little walk. <laughs> so five peaks later. Oh my days! The last two peaks were basically a scramble, and blimey. The funniest thing was that our guide literally was like he was one of those people who looked like he was in his fifties, but he remembered the Vietnam War really vividly. So oh, really? I don't think he was in his fifties. I think he was a <laughs> lot older than that. And we were just there, like, oh, we need to sort out our lives. This man is so <laughs> fit. <laughs> It makes you realise, doesn't it? It really is. Sometimes you just have to meet somebody like that who is, as you say, a lot older based on what things they recollect and are talking about. And you think, yeah, I need to, I, I need to, I need to go home and reflect. <laughs> yeah, I need to, need to question my choices. Sit in the room, no noise or light, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to go for more than the occasional run. <laughs> Exactly. Don't have that next chocolate. Get that cardio fitness up. <laughs> oh, have you looked at the notice board? We've got a range of tutorials on. Oh, okay. What you got? What would you recommend? There's a sock making tutorial. <laughs> well, that would be quite apt, given we were <laughs> talking about that. So maybe I'll need to look into that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But is there anything in particular you're looking for? I don't know. I'm someone who likes to just anything that might spring to mind. I don't have a particular, I mean, the sock one will be an interesting one because we were talking about that, but I don't really have anything in particular that I would say that I would be keen to kind of go through. Perhaps something to do with garment making, maybe, you know, making jumpers and different techniques, because I know there's so many different ways of making mm. different jumpers and stuff. And my friend Maria, she she uses quite a lot of different techniques for making them. So, yeah, so maybe something like that, really, or even different knitting techniques as well. I know there's so many different knitting techniques techniques out there english american 
continental continental yeah let's call it that but i think there's even like a german way of doing certain things and maybe something like that actually would be quite useful well we've got a continental knitting tutorial coming up oh okay how do you kind of sign up for that what's the details that you need just my email or we've got a sign up sheet here behind the counter so if we just walk back yeah cool yeah i'll just pop your name and your email address in here that's fine do you want me to um well i can write it down if you want if that makes it easier yeah if you could that'd be great yeah, so i'll write that down no that's really good when you start to run more courses and stuff yes i mean as sort of the world opens up a bit more we are planning some more courses and some more events like i'd really love to eventually hold some kind of yarn festival that would be really cool yeah do you go to many i generally go to the knitting and stitching show oh that's... yeah ali ali pally yeah yeah, That's I've it. been there. I haven't been. I, the first time I went was last year, which was it was it was good. I did enjoy the day. It was nice. And I've this year they're doing it. I, they're doing it again this year. I have signed up for a ticket. I think I bought a ticket, actually. But I think mm. obviously it's limited spaces. So it'll be interesting to see what how they do it this year. I would like to travel to some of the others, actually. New York hold a really cool one. Vogue, I think, Knitting Live do one in New York. Really? Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, they do. And I think it's every, just in the new year. And yeah, that looks really cool. And I'm somebody who would actually, because I, I do travel to New York. I go to New York as not often. Well, yeah, it is often, to be fair. But I do, because I've got family and such. So I if the flight's right, I'll, you know, go for a few days and come back and whatnot. So I thought, oh, that would be a really nice long weekend type thing to do. They may do a virtual one because I know the, I don't know if you've ever seen the Yorkshire Yarn Fest do a virtual. It's almost like a virtual knitting, selling type of thing. Well, I kind of, it looks very well organised, actually. You, you have different people who come on and, you know, either showcase their yarn or, you know, whatever they do for the yarn industry in terms of selling stuff. And it's basically a virtual marketplace. It, it was very well run, actually. I must admit, it looked quite seamless. And they had like a, an agenda, well, not an agenda, schedule. That Maria. Hey, hello. Wow. Happy to see you here. How are you? I'm fine. Amazing. I was just talking about you, actually, earlier. We were talking about jumpers. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Well, I happen to be wearing one of my jumpers. <laughs> oh, you're always wearing your jumpers. Sophie, this is Maria. Oh, hi, Maria. How's it going? Oh, hi, Sophie. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Wow, what an, what an amazing place. <laughs> oh, it's really lovely to see it. I'm, I'm guessing you two know each other. Yes, yes. We, we know each other through uh, Instagram, through the virtual world of Instagram. We, we, we do lives. We used to, through When lockdown started, Maria had this great idea. She said, why don't you and I just chat live every now and often about knitting? We can knit and we can. I said, that's a cool idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's how it started. And then uh, we just started to advertise it and people started joining us. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been to a few of those. They are yeah. brilliant. We just talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> anything and anything that's random, we just talk about it. It's great. It's a good little bit of an escapism for an hour. So how are you, Maria? More importantly, how are you? Wow, yeah, doing great. Well, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm hoping to be home soon. <laughs> ah, nice. That's yeah. really cool. When do you think you might be able to leave? Tuesday. Oh, perfect. Tuesday morning we start and hopefully, if everything's fine, I'm home on Thursday. <laughs> oh, oh wow. fingers crossed. God, that has been the longest holiday <laughs> Yes, in yeah, history, mm -hmm. the longest and unplanned. <laughs> is it true then that you literally just popped to the Netherlands for a oh, little holiday and then lockdown, and that was it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and we're lucky enough to be to have the uh, the space here yeah, here <laughs> to stay and to have friends, to have a family, a family of friends uh, too. Yeah, and it's been a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine you can't wait to get home though as well. So, although that in itself will feel a bit strange because obviously you've been you've had to kind of make yourself comfortable somewhere else completely and to go back home to how you left it yeah yeah <laughs> that is well yeah it'll be adjusting to my own space again again yeah <laughs> adjusting that's to, right adjusting to being at home yeah <laughs> and at home with with restrictions but at least you're home at least you'll be getting home that's really good that's really exciting to hear yeah i'm really happy for you yeah yeah thank you yeah <laughs> Hopefully it works out. Will you be bringing your knitting on the plane? Yes, I thought about it. Yes, because I have got my set of wooden needles, which are absolutely fine to have a board. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So I I will have some time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess especially if you're spending twenty. Yeah, maybe that's where you should do your life with doing that twenty-hour period in Turkey. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we will have a you know have a chance to stay for a couple of days there and <laughs> just bathe in the sea. Would anyone like a nice sit down and a cup of tea? Actually, sure. I am parched. Let's do it. Yeah, let's just both let's all head down to the pattern den. Do, 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 do. Ooh, wonderful. I'll get you guys a nice cup of tea. Is there any tea in particular? What do you have? Uh, we've got a selection of fruit teas here. We've got a couple of coffees. There's a little coffee machine over there. And then we've got this sort of the usual caffeinated goodness. And we've got some decaf in as well. I've got the clipper decaf. And it's, uh, I have mm. to say, spectacular tea. I'll try the clipper. Go for it. The clipper decaf. Cool. Oh, I'll wow. just get that on. And then, okay. Maria, do you want a coffee or do you, would you like a tea? I Thing, uh, like to me fruit tea sounds really nice well we have a pretty big range here we've got the tea pigs teas we've got some twining so i've got strawberry and mango mm, strawberry and mango sounds amazing <laughs> i'll just pop one of those in for you and get the kettle on there's some lovely seating around here let me know what you think of it we will let's go maria while sophie gets us our drinks wow this is quite a nice comfy area actually I, did, I never yeah. knew this was here. I, I was saying to Sophie earlier, I walked past it a few times and then just, just decided to pop in now that we've got, now that I've got a bit of time of the weekend, just to check it out. And it's a really cool shop. Mm -hmm. So you're sure to come back. Oh, definitely. Or maybe make it a tradition even. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday coffee, Saturday tea. That's true. That sounds like a plan. We could do that. That sounds like a good yes. idea. You both should mm -hmm. definitely do your own podcast, though. Yeah, do you know, I've never thought, I've never been a podcast person. I know people who listen to them all the time. My husband listens to them. I don't really listen to them that often. But maybe we should, Maria. Maybe we should do a podcast. Yeah, I thought about it also. I thought about it as well. I started listening to podcasts. I think our, after our first Instagram live. So you've got So which ones do you listen to? I'm following the Wild Yarn Shop podcast. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, thank you very mm -hmm. much. And there is also this Vogue meeting live or something from Vogue. And I also discovered this Fiber Nation podcast. And I think it's from this podcast that I learned <laughs> about the Russian woman. She was once the guest of one of the episodes. She was sharing her way of uh, bringing 
uh, knitting um, yeah, knitting skills to the USA, like being Russian, and uh, which happened in the 90s, and it was quite yeah, challenging for her. Oh, okay, that sounds interesting, actually. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> Do you want to hear a little bit about it? Just uh, summing up. Mm. So the 90s in Russia were quite wild <laughs> times. She uh, faced uh, bandits, you know, she, she went to the city of Russia, which has special goals, whose uh, wool is so thin mm. that it's possible to produce these shawls, a certain type of shawls. Even during the Soviet times, uh, there was this production of these uh, shawls and they were exported and they were really high quality. And they, when she looks back to her youth days, uh, when the Soviet Union was over, she decided to try herself in the business uh, and she uh, wanted to bring this art to the USA and she had certain obstacles. Yeah, it was quite interesting. Oh, how are you finding the sofas? Really comfortable, actually. And I like the patchwork on it. Is this hand upholstered or did you find it in a shop? It's been upcycled. Nice. It looks it looks really, really, really different. And that's why I like it. It looks really cool. Thanks. Do you, do you like the colours? Yeah, really nice colours. And I like the floral elements to it as well, which I think is really nice. Yeah, the pattern on them. Those are, those are old shirts. So if you look at the pattern, they're actually British and French wildflowers. Ah, Nice, really, really cool. And then mm. this particular patch here is patterns from the Amalfi Coast. Oh, lovely! Good place to be. Um, it's on my list. Haven't got there yet. Do you, either of you have like a sort of a really memorable knit? Yeah. Wow, that's a good question. Mm. Something that's just stayed with you. Mine would be a simple cushion actually that I made years ago at uni. Yeah. That's wow. it. It's full of holes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's quite memorable. <laughs> was it a was it an experience? It was. It was. It was when I started it up again um, <laughs> at uni. So yeah, I was in my twenties. You know, I just needed something to just switch off. I've got this expensive mm. wall, some needles, and I just. But obviously, I couldn't focus properly, and I was doing it in between watching. I think actually, I made it. I vaguely remember now. I made it watching a, a Eurovision episode. We were watching Eurovision. One year. This is when was it? It had to be ninety three or ninety four. No, yeah, ninety three or ninety four. We were watching Eurovision, and I was sat there knitting this cushion. Well, the the, <laughs> the cover, obviously. So yeah, <laughs> full of holes. I was sure I was making mistakes, but I couldn't be bothered. I just carried on drinking and knitting, <laughs> and I said, "I'm finishing this," <laughs> and that's that. That's my memorable one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Drunk knitting. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think to me, the memorable knitting is the one that wasn't made by me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the knitted skirt that my friend uh, gave me. And she, uh, she used to wear it herself uh, she, when she made it. And it was also, it was back at the university days, my student days. And that was a very, and still is, a very dear friend of mine. And we were uh, going through a period of uh, quite e extravagant period of our lives, you know, when the two of us were uh, out in the streets, people turned he heads. Mm -hmm. and, I can imagine. Yeah, and yeah, and <laughs> that's being in Russia and not uh, in the capital, yeah, where people are more... Uh, relaxed uh, regarding mm. your appearances and all because they have seen it all or they have seen a lot uh, or because yeah. they just don't care because they just 
have their own their own uh, business to mind and uh, yeah and I still have this skirt yeah later she gave it to me and I still have it and I wore it before and I haven't worn it for quite a long for quite a long time I think more than 10 years but I still keep it and I thought of giving it a second life it still looks good yeah but I thought of uh, giving it a second life making a couple of pillows that's something oh. I find quite brave actually the idea of when you've made something and if it's kind of gone past its sort of life in your life mm-hmm. and then just being able to either give it away or take it apart and make it into something else I, I have such difficulty with that Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. also really I want what I wanted to ask. As soon as you uh, mentioned the, uh, the sofa was upcycled, so I wanted to ask if you tend to upcycle, yeah, some knitted garments, a knitted item, to unravel it, to frog it, yeah, and to use the same yarn. Like, yeah. the only time I really frog something is if I've sort of knitted it and before it's complete, I'm like, mm, no, I don't like this. This is, I don't like the way it's going. That's when I'll frog something. But in general, once I've made an item, gotten through the process of actually completing it and blocking it, I'm very like, well, this is me now. Yeah. This I'm is similar. who I am. Yeah, I'm similar in that if I've made something, um, I, I tend to just go with it. But you're, you sort of, you sell your knitwear as well, don't you? Yes, I do. So I sell mine on, uh, at the moment <laughs> on Etsy and I'm also now going to launch <laughs> my uh, Instagram shop. So I'm going to try the Instagram platform. A lot of the things that I make, I go with what, I don't use patterns. I just go with what, a stitch pattern that I want to use and then I just go with the flow. So it will be a scarf, it will be a collar, it'll be a cow, it'll be a snood. Like we talked earlier about different colours and stuff. So I would just put colours together and go with it. So a lot of it is one-off pieces. You've got this like amazing, wonderful, free flow way of knitting which mm-hmm. I think is to be respected massively. The thing is, I didn't start knitting to sell. I, I made from my own things and people just said to me, oh, where did you get that? And I said, I mean, no, you never. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Where'd you get it? I thought, oh, you just don't want to tell me. Seriously, I went to the shop, I bought the wool, I made it. And then people said, honestly, you should sell that. And so I thought, really? And I, they said, yeah. And I said, okay. And mm-hmm. here we are, sort of, I don't know, 80 or 90 things later sold and orders made and people requesting stuff. And yeah, and that's in the last, what, two years, I want to call it, because I think I set up my Etsy at the end of 2018. So it's not even two years, really, over a year and a bit. Wow, so yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's been, it's, and so I'm just taking it to see where it will go. I'm not. I don't have no massive plans for it. It's not, I still work. I still have my day job as a lot of us do. I just, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the art. I have to say though, I really do admire like your productivity and also just the fact that your knits are really well put together. Oh, thanks. I think maybe that's the secret. If you, I, I, I tend not to overthink things. I just, and I do for me and I always say that there's always someone or a gap in the market for want of a better term for mm. what you do so even if you're not even mm-hmm. if I wasn't selling and I was just creating I like like yourself I was creating art or I was creating something there's always somebody else I'm not alone <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm not that unique in that I'm the only person in the world but if I am so what but other than that I know that there's other people who would appreciate it and like it, like yourself. So you're saying these things to me and I'm like, wow, that's really, I mean, I'm overwhelmed by it. And um, it's really nice to hear. But honestly, I put no, <laughs> it's just me. It's just me coming out. Wow, amazing. That's amazing. What's playing on the radio? 
What's playing on the radio? Okay, it's Here Comes the Sun by Nina Simone. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so that's sort of a gentle jazz, sort of low gentle. Yeah. Yeah, that's yes. a nice pick. My favorite woman. Yeah, she's a phenomenal woman, actually. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When you read her story, well, I read it. I, I haven't seen the. I know there was a Netflix uh, sort of bio on her, but I've read she's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Very underrated. Yes. Well, she's not underrated, but she is underrated. If that makes sense, she. I think she's one of the few that should be celebrated a bit more. Actually. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I really agree with that. Mm. She was so innovative and she somehow remains to be innovative yes. even today. Precisely that. Totally agree. Like stamp has been it resonates through many decades. <laughs> yeah, like we've not we've not had another Nina Simone. Nah. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's well. I totally agree. I think that your cinnamon is the genius. Yeah. So it's coming to the time to leave the yarn shop what are you doing with the rest of your day i am about to pop out and i need to do some the rest of my chores and naturally i need to knit and prep for my shop launch on monday oh so that's yeah. your that's your yarn shop that's uh that's now live that's amazing thank you I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be amazing because you do have some absolutely beautiful items up there. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I'm looking forward to it. Some of them are hard to, to want to sell. I'm not going to lie. Maria, do you have any plans? Are you two going to hang out later? Oh, yeah, I think uh, for today. Well, I'm, I'm quite busy. I think I'm going to repack my bag. <laughs> no time for knitting. <laughs> Oh, it's been lovely having you both here. No, we, I've you. really enjoyed being here. I like the shop. I think it's really cool. I'll definitely be back. Yes. Oh, thank you. And lovely to meet you as well, Maria. Thank you, Sophie. Um, I'm so pleased to meet you too. And um, I've enjoyed being in your shop. That's quite a nice discovery to me. Yeah, and I would like back more and more to sit in the sofa, <laughs> on the squishy sofa, and have some more. <laughs> Oh, anytime, anytime. Thank yeah. you. Bye. And need a chat, of course. Of course. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 My thanks to Corinne and Maria for popping in today. And thanks to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like, follow, rate, subscribe and share. The Wild Yarn Shop was written, produced and hosted by me, Sophie. And you can follow me on Instagram at knitknitwild. Sound effects from freesounds.org with links in the below. The awesome theme tune was written and composed by John Fletcher. Thanks, John.